be back with another 15 minutes of all the late news at 11. And now here's Gene Shepard. Figlegi with bronze oak leaf palm to anyone who can uh, tell me what great American character made that phrase famous. <clears throat> Brack, calf, calf, hawk, broke, broth. <laughs> you win the brass Figlegi uh, gold leaf palm for that one. Rink a thing a thing, think a thing Hey, why do I enjoy doing this show so much? What's the matter with me? I can't figure it out. You know. Why, why, my, uh, you know, I, I, uh, it bothers me sometimes because, uh, you know, you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to look at your work as work. No, I, I'll tell you, this, uh, this, uh, you know, the uh, Protestant ethic, uh, uh, causes me a little problems at this point. And, uh, yeah, yeah, really, uh, the other day this guy interviewed me. He says, uh, you must get uh, very tired, uh, always thinking of new things or trying to do stuff every night on your show and all that. And I said, yes, that is true. I get extremely tired. And he said, uh, yes, it must uh, drain everything out of you. Uh, I just don't know how you can continue to do this, uh, uh, you know, producing 45 minutes of stuff every night. Most nightclub comics, they got 20 minutes of material, which they work, uh, you know, milk like a cow around the country for years on end. Uh, yeah, how, you must uh, really, uh, it must be a terrible strain. There must be an awful lot of work. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, and uh, of course, there I am having trouble with the Protestant ethics. See, I have to pretend. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, <laughs> hello there, Protestant ethic. How are you this morning? Old Prot. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have here, uh, that's what his friends call him. Uh, gee, we missed it. Did you say last week was Alexander Graham Bell's birthday? Damn. I should have made at least one symbolic phone call. Well, actually, I tried to make a symbolic phone call on Alexander Graham Bell's birthday, but the damn coin phone took my dime and didn't even get a dial tone or nothing. I'll bet, I'll bet Alexander Graham Bell's phones work better. Boy, oh, boy. Yeah, you know? In fact, I saw... Uh, the first time I've seen a, a vandal actually vandaling was the other day I saw a guy pulling a phone out of a phone booth. Yeah, you know, people are strange. He was pulling a phone right out of a phone booth, see? And uh, somebody walking by him says, What the hell do you want a phone for? I thought you had enough trouble with him without getting your own take home, you know? And the guy says, Ah, mind your own damn business. And he's pulling the phone out of there. And cop came along and prodded him with that stick they carry, you know? And the guy turned around. There he had a, a, a ripped-out phone in his own hands. And he hollered, Police brutality. 
Well, I, I left at that point. The, the uh, scene was getting a little hot for me there, you know. But uh, <laughs> it's life in the big city. You get used to that, you know. I, I uh, You know, speaking of uh, life in the big city, since uh, we are now involved in that, uh, may I uh, please, uh, please, Herbert, uh, since it is too late now to celebrate uh, Alexander Graham Bell's birthday, we can, however, uh, would you please, Herb, bring me a little movie? <laughs> Out of the wild jungles of man's mind. Out of the savage, untracked wilderness of his imagination. On one dark night stalked a monster destined to haunt mankind throughout all his born days. Great King Kong of the mind, the telephone. Thank you, Herb. That was nice. Hello, test. One, two, three, four. Hello, test. Uh, hey, give me that again. Let's try that little uh, echo there, Herb. I just want to see what it sounds like. Hello. Dull. That's right. That's how it sounds. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, dull sounds, uh, you know, it's, it's a yeah, good morning. How are you? Speaking of dull sounds, I've, I've shocked everybody here, you know. Well, my mustache gets everybody. Have you noticed that? Don't, don't, let, don't let it alarm you, though. It only clips onto my nose. It's got a little clip that uh, hooks on my nose here. I also have a pair of celluloid glasses that go on the top of it, and the, one of those rubber noses that stick out in the middle. It's kind of good. I'm just using the mustache today. It's okay there. Yeah. You ought to see the great, the great new whoopee cushion I bought for Earl Dowd's studio. It's going to be exciting. Going to open the show with it one night. Blow them right out the roof. You know, uh, while we're on the subject of uh, of uh, technical excellence and the advancing science and art of mankind's uh, IC circuitry, uh, perhaps you are not aware. Now, how many times have you gone to to a uh, you know to some place where they got this uh, this group, you know, a rock group? Now, I want you to listen, gang. You're going to miss this, and if you miss this, you're going to miss a very important part of our new world. How many times have you gone to a rock, you know, a place where they got a rock group, something playing away there, see? And it's going... And you wonder how come they got all this distortion all the time. I mean, with all the advancement that has gone on in man's uh, constant technical search for perfection, correct them all? And you wonder how come they're still getting this distortion. I have finally discovered the secret. No. No, 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 not at all. Do you know that that distortion does not come cheap? Do you know that you can now buy a distortion booster kit from Heath? That a lot of guys are not getting enough distortion in their amplifiers. And, you know, if you go out and work a job and you don't sound like a real rock group, if you've only got, say, maybe 20, 30% distortion, that's not enough for a good rock group these days. So you can buy a distortion booster kit now. Uh, for for your uh, rock group from the Heath organization. Yes, there it is right there. I will read the uh, uh, the uh, catalog. I just got the catalog in the mail, and, I, you know, I like to look at what's, uh, you know, what's new in the kit form. And it says, Distortion Kit Booster, 1795. Add that unique distortion effect to your sound. Just plug in between your guitar and amplifier. Housed in a convenient foot switch, push the switch 
and add as much distortion as you like. Push again to play it straight. Tone and distortion degree controls. Runs on one and a half volt AA pen light batteries not supplied. Kit TA28, four pounds, mailable, 1795 in the current 1973 Heath catalog. So if you think I'm making this up, you can stick it in your ear. I am not making it up. Yeah, you can now buy, you know, and that's what the trouble is. I, I think uh, that's what the problem has always been with high fidelity. It's too damn uh, fidelity. It's too too clear and too, and if you're a bad player, it really shows it, I'll tell you. The one thing about the, you know, hi-fi amplifiers with about, you know, 0.05% distortion at 30 dBs over zero gain, that's hardly any distortion at all. Every clam you hit comes through clean and sharp. And when you can only play three and a half chords on your guitar, you're working on the fourth one. When you can only play three and a half chords in your guitar and you've been, you know, booked into big places and you're making $12 million a year, you don't want nobody to hear how bad you really play the guitar. So you just tromp on that foot pedal when you come to the hard parts, and it goes... <laughs> and nobody knows what the hell's going on. They just figure that the, you're playing with such fantastic passion and drive and pizzazz that you're overloading the amplifier. And actually, it's, uh, it's what, what, what we call a clam eraser. Is, uh, you know what is it, a clam in musician's parlance? You don't know what a clam is? Better known as a clinker among the, uh, you know, the non-musical types. And uh, I like the idea of being able to buy a distortion booster. It costs $18 to boost the distortion. In an amplifier, that costs $12 million to take it out of. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and I imagine, I imagine that, that that's, go that's going to lead to a whole new uh, technology of uh, producing error and fault in otherwise faultless things. After all, you know, uh, the engineers have spent countless hours working on amplifiers to reduce distortion. And with one swell foop, with your little, uh, with your little dollar and a quarter uh, soldering iron and 1795 and a check to the Heath Company, you can build in as much distortion as you want and therefore louse them all up. <laughs> Well, now, that's going to lead to a whole new, uh, I think, uh, that's the foot in the door of a whole new trend towards things. Already here in New York, for example, there's shops all up and down the, uh, up and down the 6th Avenue where you can buy old, inefficient, bad-sounding telephones to replace your new slimline princess phone, which cost uh, the Bell Company $400 million to, uh, which, incidentally, was passed on to you in a clever fashion. But it cost them $400 million to uh, produce that beautiful little pink phone you got. You know, the one with the light bulb in it and it whistles Dixie when you pick it up and gives you the wrong numbers and all that. Well, you can buy an old, old phone now at great cost, at great cost uh, along uh, 6th Avenue, a phone that is guaranteed to have a 17% or better carbon hiss so that as you talk, you hear nothing... <laughs> Yeah, Charlie. And uh, yeah, that's uh, and and you can be proud of your new telephone, which uh, was built first in 1927, had a bad carbon hiss in 1927, had a 74% distortion in 1927. It's even worse now because the carbon granules have been packed over those years, and you can hardly hear a damn thing. Plus the fact that the cords are frayed and everything else, and you get constant. Uh, Constant uh, uh, 
uh, interplay and hacking around there because it's uh, feeding back and everything. So uh, you can do this now. That's cost. That costs a little bit now. Now, what about you people out in the suburbs, for example, who have envied us here in the city with all of our various, uh, uh, with all of our various uh, holy wars that we fight? For example, now many of you people live in Darien probably have envied the fact that Shepherd here at night speaks with easy familiarity of uh, fighting against cockroaches, and that you too would like to experience the thrill of modern living. The only trouble is you live in Darien where there hasn't been seen a cockroach in over 250 years, right? Well, there's an outfit down on 14th Street that will sell you a genuine pedigreed breeding pair of German cockroaches guaranteed to produce 12,000 offspring in five minutes. Placed under your sink out there in the suburbs, you'll have yourself. And incidentally, these are trained cockroaches. These aren't like the usual one. You can reduce the cockroach infestation just by blowing on a small dog whistle. And so if you're tired of the cockroaches, you blow the whistle, and they take off in the bushes. Just like that distortion thing on the... You want to get rid of it, too, you know. You don't want to have it all the time. So uh, what about all of you out there in the, in the uh, suburbs who, who've, uh, who have, uh, who have uh, say, for example, envied uh, New York and its corrupt police force? Huh? Well, uh, I see that the police department here is putting a lot of surplus cops on the market, and you can pick up your own at a reasonable discount rate, and you'll come out there and raise havoc with your police department. This is WOR New York. Yes, sir. And, uh, well, I, I, I'm taking no, uh, no stand here. Uh, the vast majority of the policemen we know are not corrupt, but there's a certain percentage, and they're the ones that make life racy for the commissioner. And uh, make us, uh, you know, provide the basis of millions of television shows. Hey, speaking of TV shows, we would like to salute that rising politician in our midst, Hal Holbrook. Uh, uh, there is no TV show that is official that has any politician in it unless Hal Holbrook plays the politician. Hal Holbrook has spent more time in office than James Whitmore has spent being a G.I., and that's a fantastic amount of time. Whittle Holbrook gets hauled up before a Senate investigating committee for corruption. Well, haven't you seen Hal Holbrook? He's always playing senators, mayors, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's got, he's got that, uh, that tape then, you know. He's got his Robert Kennedy uh, toupee that he wears. So, uh, I, 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 excuse me, I, I've strayed from the uh, strayed from the subject. Yes, uh, we must get back. Oh, the subject. As soon as I brought that up, she pointed to commercials. You crummy. Everybody's got its price, even you, Lee. When Detroit uh, chooses a new tire for their cars, they just don't look at the first tire that rolls by. You can bet your bippy on that. You can bet your soap bubble on that. No, sir. You can even put your bubble pipe on the line for that one. What do they look for? Well, they look to see whether it's round and bouncy and smells good and is sexy. No, no. They also look to see how well a tire is kickable. A good kickable tire is what goes on a new car. Because if you walk around a, t a new car and you kick it and it goes clunk, you ain't going to buy that car, but if it goes boom, that's a kickable tire. And what tires do they pick? The most kickable tire of them all. General's Dual Steel Radial Tire was the first polyester and steel radial tire delivered to Detroit for original equipment. The first, the 40,000-mile Dual Steel Radial. It's available at your local General Tire headquarters right now. You can put it on that tin can of yours and pretend you got a new car. 
in Newark, see Matt Kiselich at the General Tire Company, 170 Clinton Avenue. At the General Tire Service, South Street and South Station in Stamford, you ask for Big Bud Sproul. He's the one with the short cigar and the bad temper. Yeah, it's a mysterious, inscrutable uh, House of Chan time here. And uh, for those of you who uh, dig good Oriental food, and I mean really good Oriental food, I'd like to suggest that you... Uh, uh, visit the House of Chan. For those of you who don't know where it is, it's at 7th Avenue and 52nd Street, although it would be hard for me to imagine anybody who doesn't know where the House of Chan is. That's like not knowing where uh, Rockefeller Center is. Uh, they've been around for 35 years. The food is great. And there is a Mr. Chan, by the way. And his name, unfortunately, is not Charlie. But uh, <laughs> it would be kind of great if it was. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, House of Chan is open seven days a week, which is kind of nice to know. They have a bar, which helps many of you uh, get through the day. They have uh, superb food, and the prices are right. And they've been around, as I said, for 35 years, so they must be doing it pretty well. House of Chan, 7th Avenue at 52nd Street, seven days a week. Try it before the theater. Hey, guess who was in here yesterday? Louis Travisher. Yeah, old Louis comes in and he orders up a Valentine like always. And like always, he's got troubles. Seems his wife's mad because Louis forgot their anniversary and she's hitting his hunting boots. Won't give them back. And Louis's all set for a big hunting trip. So I say, Louis, here's what you got to do. Your wife's mad. You got to take her a nice present. Like a case of Valentine beer. And he says, Connor, that's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. And I say, no, 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 wait, look. Valentine stands for purity, body, and flavor, right? The three rings. And there's two more rings than you gave her when you got married. So Louis takes her a case of Valentine beer. And well, I guess it didn't work out just right. Because Louis's wife got madder than ever and threw Louis's hunting boots out of the kitchen window. With Louis in them. Some world, huh? Yeah. Let me get you another Valentine. On the house. Oh, yes. Here's a happy commercial. And, uh, yes, it is Jack's Epicure. And uh, if uh, any of you out there are French food cuckoos, you know, we always talk about Chinese food. Got all kinds of stuff we say about the, the House of Chan. But I love a good French food occasionally. You know, good French meal. And one of the great uh, in-French restaurants, and I'm not kidding, it really is. It's been there for over 50 years, and it's a, a place that has a great atmosphere, a good price. It's called Jack's Epicure. It's a real friendly, family-type place. And incidentally, their food is northern Italian, southern French, which is an interesting combination. Little dinghies like a filet of sole with grapes. <laughs> Talk about decadence. Nevertheless, this is Jack's Epicure, one of the last great reasonable restaurants left in New York, 344 West 46th Street. Jack's Epicure, 344 West 46th Street. Say, we got news for you. Oh, boy. Uh, that's Bob Elliott, and I'm Ray Goulding, and we'll be here at Radio New York and WOR from 315 to 7. That's about uh, three and three-quarter hours away, I figure. That's right. We'll have, of course, uh, the news and the traffic copter. And uh, we'll have uh, people to talk to, imaginary and real. And, of course, all of our staff, Wally Blue, Webley Webster, Mary Backstage, all those wonderful folks you remember from radio. 
How exciting. Bob and Radio, W-O-R. Okay? Fine. Now, I... Yeah, well, no, I I think that this distortion inducer, which the Heath Kit Company has uh, brought out, seen fit to brought out, the Heath Kit uh, distortion inducer, that's a great name, is the forerunner of a lot of things. I think we're getting tired of the of the uh, affluent life today. I, I do. I think we're getting tired of, of things working too smoothly. I'm serious, very serious. I think one of the reasons why large numbers of young type people are fleeing to the hills to live like their grandfathers did, you know, sit there among a horse dung and grow radishes themselves and to weave their own cloth, because that ain't easy, you know? And it's scratchy. If you've ever worn the uh, hand-woven cloth, you know damn well, man, the first thing it does is make you itch under your arms. You wind up with chafed legs. And uh, so it's the hair shirt tendency. I'm talking about the hair shirt philosophy. You know what is it, the hair shirt? Of course you do. You're all biblically oriented, right? You know what the uh, the uh, fable of the hair shirt is? Do you, Miss Brown? I, of course you do. Do you know that Macy's is the first city... Uh, the first store in the city to come out honestly with a line of hair shirts. And you can buy a nice hair shirt. And incidentally, uh, you can even buy a set of hair shirts made of sackcloth and little pockets for ashes on the side. So uh, when you go to your office and you're you're stricken by middle-class guilt, you can actually wear a hair cloth, sack, a hair shirt made out of sackcloth and you can carry your own, uh, sanitized, by the way, ashes with you. Sackcloth and ashes. Kind of nice. I, I uh, would like to also recommend, uh, for those of you who are going to be future purchases of the distortion inducer, uh, that you can also buy, because, you know, that's a trouble with so much of this electronic equipment today. It works so well. And it gets dull. I mean, it really does. You know, you just turn it on year after year, and nothing ever happens, and it sounds great. And you lose the old excitement of anger when you turn something on, you get the feedback, you know, or you get a shock from the knob. And uh, all of these things remind man that he is vulnerable, and the world around him is vulnerable. And I think the sackcloth and ashes, uh, hair shirt tendency will grow. For example, now, now look, I've got a little KLH FM receiver, right? You, you know the little KLH, what is it, 21? KLH Model 8, actually. In fact, that's a collector's item by now of a KLH Model 8, that little son of a gun has worked now for like nine years without stopping and has never once, it's not drifted, it hasn't, uh, uh, the cabinet hasn't peeled off. It's real walnut. That really bugged me. I thought I'd have a lot of fun, you know, fixing the case. Nothing. And uh, it never drifts. It never, uh, it never distorts. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting pretty bugged at that damn thing. So I suspect that you'll be able to buy, eventually, a birdie inducer. At which point, uh, uh, you know, distortion, birdie, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, well, of course, uh, that's another thing. It's very sensitive, and in addition to that, it is highly selective. How about, a, how about an interference inducer? So that when I want to feel like a life is fallible, I just induce a little interference, and all of a sudden, William B. starts sneaking in on WQXR, you know? You know, and birdie. Wee, wee, wee. Then I just cut it out and I say, oh, hi, you little smart thing. You say, yeah, I can fix you. All I got to do anytime I want to show you that I am master of you, Dad, I'll endorse with my little distortion 
my little interference birdie inducer, I'll throw in some birdies here. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I really think t- things work too well today for people. And that's why they constantly gripe about them. Because they really do work. I suspect uh, uh, you'll be able to buy things like that for your car, for example. Uh, one of the things about the modern car, you know the, you know what the, one of the big problems of the modern car is, is it almost always starts. Well, my old man used to look forward to going out and fighting the car. I mean, he did. And, 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 and when he would get, finally get that damn Oldsmobile started, the old man would have accomplished a major victory of the day. I mean, he would go out there, and, and, and you'd hear him run down the back porch, and thunk, 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 thunk. He's going to work, see? He's, he's already 18 and a half minutes late, see? You'd hear the do- garage door slam open. Boom, boom, you know, slam open. Then you'd hear... <laughs> there would be a brief pause, and my mother would instantly try to get the kids to hide in the closet because the old man had a fantastic vocabulary. There would be a brief pause, and you would hear... And then he would start. You'd hear the hood slam back and a lot of yelling and hollering, running back and forth. He'd run down in the basement, get his tools out, and back and forth he goes yelling and screaming. And uh, he'd come into the house. Quick, quick, call Zudak at the office. Tell him I'm going to be late. Tell him I had a problem with my knee again. And he'd run down into the basement. Well, about a half an hour later, you'd hear him start, you know, try to start the car. Get him going. Big cloud of smoke comes out of the out of the garage. And the old man, I got it started. Wow! And then he go running down a driveway, and you know that was the most exciting thing of his day. The work at the office was dull. You know, let's face it, friends. Most of you find your work absolutely crushingly dull, right? I mean, you're not going to get excited over you know that long roll of. Uh, adding tape that you have to add up every day with all those silly figures that gut stop hands and all that jazz going on all the time. Can you imagine working in a place where they rent awnings and getting excited about counting up the number of awnings they're renting every day, you know? Oh, my God. Well, all right. So your work is not going to give you the excitement. It'll give you a lot of irritation, but no excitement, no thrill of victory, no sense of crushing defeat that Chris is always talking about, or is it Rune Arledge? What you want is excitement in your life. Well, can you imagine there's a little button that you can install in your car called the start inhibitor. And uh, whenever you want to have a, you know, a struggle start in your car, you just kick that button, and the car then will be put on an intermittent start cycle. It's a revolving start cycle button. It doesn't just cut off the car. Not at all. You never know when it's going to start. It just keeps going... Little thing just keeps turning over. And three times out of seven, it will start. The other four times, no. I think of the thrill of excitement when you really need the car. You're five minutes late, and it starts. Oh, God. Fantastic. You hit one of the three out of seven. And uh, I I suspect that that button will become available as an extra, of course. An expensive extra in most of the new cars in the next 15 or 20 years. That will be called the start inhibitor button or the uh, <laughs> the hair shirt of the car world. Now, there's other things. For example, many of you people out in the suburbs probably, probably envy the fact that we here in New York have got a lot to gripe about. 
I mean, we really do. I mean, griping the way we gripe constantly, almost on every, on every, every, you know, on every tongue in New York is a latent gripe. And it's deserved and earned. There's no such thing as a non-deserved gripe about New York, right? Everywhere you look. What's the trouble? Oh, there we go. All right, now we've just worked out a system here where we can induce... Yeah, I'll just keep talking. I'm sorry. Hello, we are unable to complete I'm uh, talking now. on here. I'm, I'm so uh, I'll again. tell you, I was funny thing happened to me the other day on the way to the studio. <laughs> All right. Hello, uh, one, two, three, four. Hello there. Uh, now, now you see how exciting it is to hear Shepard's voice clear up after our self-induced uh, interference, and we can we can uh, program that interference so that it comes in at odd times, right in the middle of a punchline, for example. You know, just when Shepard's starting to sing, the bear missed the train, and you got your tape recorder all set up, all of a sudden, what happens? That's right. In comes the sound. So Shepard will start to sing. See? Oh, the bear missed the train. Oh, the bear missed the train. The bear missed the train. And now he's walking. And you're saying, quick, quick, get my puzzle. Hurry up. Get the, get the tape recorder started. The bear missed the train. We the are unable to complete your call as dialed. Please check the number and dial again, or ask the operator for assistance. The bear missed the train, and now he's walking. La ta 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 Copy, Charlie? Oh, oh, uh, yeah, hell. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it really adds a little life to the whole scene. It really does. In fact, you know, one of the problems with, uh, with, modern, uh, with modern color TV sets, and now they've, they've, they've loaded them with automatic gizmos, as the commercial says, right? All the automatic gizmos a man would want. You've heard that commercial. Guess who does that? <laughs> All the automatic gizmos a man would want. Right? And let's face it, friends, color television costs a bundle. Well, all right. What, 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 is, what are the major problems with the modern color TV set? They do have all those automatic gizmos. You press a button, the automatic color corrector, and on comes John Chancellor, looking like he's alive, which is even more than he does in life, right? You just press the button, he's got pink cheeks, and he's got blue eyes, you know, and he's wearing a, a, a you know, a shirt that... Uh, is a, kind of a nice off shade of blue. And uh, they also have automatic tuning. You press the button, you get channel 7, clears a bell. Well, that takes away a lot of the old excitement. How many people grew up seriously believing that Chet Huntley was, uh, was a pickle green color? No, he is not pickle green. No, no, he is an off tangerine. He is not a pickle green. No, 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 no. And and uh, the excitement of uh, that used to come about, you know, when a guy, when a channel would all of a sudden bring on the next show. See, at seven o'clock, whole new bunch of engineers on each. Uh, all uh, about five out of the six of them are colorblind, and they're working in the color shading department, right? So uh, <laughs> don't think that hasn't caused a lot of excitement in TV. You know, I wonder when they're going to institute that colorblindness test for TV engineers. Oh, would the union get mad at that one? But uh, <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, 
but it's a very necessary one. But uh, nevertheless, on it comes, see. And you remember the old excitement? You got your old color TV set, you know? The one that everything would would vary between bright uh, watermelon green and uh, Doris Day pink. That would be about the only color variation you had, see. And so all of a sudden, you get the, it take you 45 minutes into a one-hour show to get the color set so it looks uh, reasonably right. And then suddenly on comes the team. And that was Pat Hingle in another one of those great stirring dramas by Horton Foote, the Kraft Music Hall. Remember that when Pat Hingle was always starring in a Horton Foote drama with Kim Stanley? There's a, there's a character out of the trivia past, Kim Stanley. Kim Hunter was another one. There were 18 Kims. Yeah, they were syndicated. There were about seven Kims working in the theater at that time, or at least working in the Kraft Theater. That was the Cheese Theater. That was a great... You remember that one? And now we discover the thrill of cheese, Kraft creamy whipped cheese, poured over French toast. We open up the cheese package, and then we carefully pour the cheese over the crunkly, fried, crisp, delicious French toast. And we call this crisp, fried, French toast, Crisco, jam-covered cheese with olives, and with Kraft Overtones toast today. And now back to Shut the Door Softly, My Life Runneth Over, and the Cup of Eagle Blood Screams at Night by Horton Foote, starring Kim Stanley. <laughs> you remember those great... <laughs> you like... <laughs> and the evil father was always played by uh, Pat Hingle. And his uh, totally nutty son was always ripped torn. Yeah, and the Gami Insurance Man was Martin Milner. The Gami Insurance Man was a special guest star performance by Martin Milner. That was in his short hair. You know, that was, when it, it, that was in his uh, Marjorie Morningstar uh, period, which was a dismal period in American letters and the uh, histrionics. Route 66, Sunset Drive. But uh, nevertheless, the, the old excitement is now gone. You sit, you know, you sit there, and they, they change they change to the next show, you know. And, oh, the wonderful world of Disney. And it comes on, and, it, uh, you know, it looks like the last one. And you just slowly fall asleep, sipping away at your martinis. I suspect there will be, for added excitement and enjoyment of color television, there will be a random color scrambler. Hear what I said? A random color scrambler. Now, what does a random color scrambler do? Now, you notice, again, the secret of the distortion inducer by Heat Kit is that you endorse, you, you actually induce distortion at your own will, but not always. So the random color scrambler would, at, with absolutely no warning, everybody's face turns, everybody's face turns fuchsia. Just, and you have to jump up and adjust it. You say, oh, damn it, right in the middle of this, for crying out loud, look at Joe Namath is purple. You jump up, you run over, and you start adjusting, see? And then without any warning, it goes normal. But you've already loused up all the controls, so it will give you a half an hour of good, clean fun readjusting your color values on your set. And this thing may not go off for another six or seven months. 
this, uh, this automatic uh, color random scrambler. Maybe eight months later, all of a sudden, out comes David Brinkley, and he looks like a pickle with feet. Oh, damn it, it did it again! You pretend like you're mad. See, oh, son of a gun, well, we... And, of course, the thing about being able to adjust the color in the old days, the older color sets, it gave a man a sense of expertise in his house. There was usually only one person who could ever adjust a color in any given house. And he was on top of it. Now, the, a, being a typical gelded male, generally this was the only time when he was really needed in the household. I mean, what with his wife earning twice as much as he earns and her, her forbidding him to get the playboy in the house. He has to read Cosmopolitan because it's the only magazine she allows in the house. The kids are all on a picket line, you know, picketing his place. And uh, so ultimately, the old, you know, the old man uh, would come skulking home. But the minute, you know, the kids are home from their big picket thing, you know, all these ki all his kids go to CCNY, when all of a sudden one of them says, Oh, for crying out loud, Sesame Street is green again. Well, instantly, father comes running in, and he performs the function of a father for the first time in many years. He fends off danger. He, uh, he clears the path of vicissitude for his little brood, and he hunches down in front of the set, and he begins to adjust the uh, color contrast, the color tones. He begins to adjust, you know. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he gets this thing all set, and everybody sits there admiring as old man finally gets, he finally gets the cookie monster back into his normal fuchsia colored or whatever. What, what color is the cookie monster normally, please? He is green? I see. Well, that's an easy one to get. Good primary colors. That always makes Daddy look good. But uh, never, <laughs> nevertheless... <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, you see, Daddy's now lost even that. Because they went out and they got one of these sets with all the automatic gizmos and costing a bundle, to quote the TV commercial, and now it does everything for Daddy automatically. And even that little uh, cretin with the IQ of three can get good color values. So Daddy, once again, is back under the daybed, thinking one day he's going to split and join a commune outside of Palm Springs, <laughs> you know, yeah, he's going to go the way of all flesh, grow a beard and sneak out of the house once and I'll never catch him. Now, I suspect that will come into being. Now, what about many of you who live out there, say, in the Stanford, Darien, and you envy us in New York, our constant, uh, exciting, exhilarating griping that we have? And, you know, you've got these beautiful streets out there, tree-lined, well, I suspect that eventually there will be a portable pothole that will be made for people who live in those nice streets out there. Now, and that, now you laugh, but I suspect that it's in the, in the works. And because you don't see any real potholes in places like Westchester, do you? You, you? you hang around those suburbs out there. Herb, do you have anything like 6th Avenue over there where you live? Of course not. And look, at a guy can spend years. You, there's nothing like the panache of a New York driver, the real panache of a New York driver, who drives his car through the Holland Tunnel, emerges into beautiful Jersey, and proceeds south along the Jersey Turnpike. The instant you look at a, at a New York car, a New York driver in a New York car, you know that you're looking at a grizzled veteran of urban warfare. This is a man who's in the middle of it all, right? 
No hubcaps. His grill pushed in. He's got a 1973 car that's eight weeks old. His grill is already a foot and a half shorter than it was when he got it, right? His trunk's been pried open with a crowbar. He now has it uh, tied down with a rope. Uh, somebody has written a four-letter word in the dust on the side in his very own parking lot. And uh, somebody has sprayed the other side of his car with a graffiti. Chico 73, it says on the side of his car. Well, here's a guy driving down the street. He's driving. He drives through Main Street in Hackensack. He drives through colorful uh, Morristown. And all those people look like they're not even part of the mainstream of life. But they see that veteran go down the street. It's like seeing a combat veteran when you're a USO commando. I mean, really, do you know that, that in any given army, the difference between the combat veteran and the USO commando is like night and day, even in the uniforms? The USO commando, for example, his uniforms are always pressed and tailored. He's always got very shiny brass and all the rest of it. You see the combat veteran. He's got a torn field jacket. He's got a, a hat that the braid is half torn off of. Yeah, and he, he works on getting a pair of GI glasses that are all taped up and corroded. You can see where a, a bullet has nicked one lens. Yeah. And when he walks into a USO, silence falls. Silence. Because he's been there and seen it. Well, I bet a lot of you people secretly envy those battered cars of the New Yorker. He's fought the urban warfare. Well, I suspect that along with many other uh, automobile, along with many other automobile conversion kits today, you know, you can buy a fake, uh, a fake Rolls Royce grill for your VW. You know, you can. You can also buy now a 1937 Ford for your VW, right? Did you see that one? That looks kind of cute, actually. So you can buy all these, and nothing is what it seems to be anymore. So a man buying a new car is liable to be embarrassed. You know, first of all, he's going to get put down by his kid automatically. I can just see his kid. I am a materialistic uh, Detroit-oriented slob, right? So the old man it feels kind of bad about buying that new Pontiac anyway. Everybody's yelling at him and hissing and booing as he drives down the street, getting his two miles to the gallon, blowing smoke into the air. See, so what? What? How can he get away from that? Well, he can buy Shepard's famous. Urban Warfare Automobile Conversion Kit. And you can paste dents all over your car. Graffiti. Uh, you could, a fake smashed-in grill that can be removed. That, I mean, in case of, uh, you know, a, go to a formal affair, you can take the grill off. But it's, it's smashed in. And you can see the imprint of the back end of a, of a New York City cab right there. And it says right there, We're, let's be friends, just whistle for me. You know, that New York-friendly cab that bashes your grill in. And uh, you can get a fake busted lock comes along with this for your trunk with a, you know, a little symbolic piece of rope. And you can get all kinds of tattered uh, city-type uh, bumper stickers like, Lindsay, how long? Or Kretschmer's a fink. You know, all that stuff all torn up, drifting. A-beam, wow, wow. You know, that kind of stuff. And this, you can, uh, very easily, can be put on your car in, in two or three hours and your kid will admire you immensely when you drive home with no hubcaps with your Shepherd's Urban Warfare Automobile Conversion Kit in full swing. Incidentally, you can have little cracks that you can paste over your window that look like you've been ripped off. Uh, a little stub of a ripped off uh, uh, antenna, you know, where some kid has ripped it off and stuck it into an old lady's gizzard has been, has been carefully attached. Uh, it will not affect... Uh, it will not affect the actual operation of your car radio, of course. 
which has a built-in antenna in the in the in the windshield. Your kid doesn't have to know that. So when you drive home with this car, by the way, it has an automatic smoke ejector, which looks like the car's got burnout valves, bad compression, and it's squirting non-polluting smoke into the atmosphere behind it. And that uh, your kid's gonna say, Oh dad, what a groovy, what a groovy heap. You got a set of wheels, Dad. And uh, you say, oh, well, what the hell, you know, picked it up in the used car lot out in Queens. I figured I needed a real car for out here. Oh, groovy, Dad, groovy, groovy. And so, once again, uh, the flim-flam, once again, the sham of life has come full circle. Man is groping, man is searching. And one of the first halting steps we feel in the direction of his final happiness is the distortion inducer, which you can induce distortion in your high-fidelity system and in your guitar playing. <laughs> uh, they'll probably have a clam inducer for guys that play too well. I'm sorry. We are unable uh, one, two, to three, four. Hello, hello, Howie. How copy, Howie? Please check the number and dial again. Oh. One, two, three, four. Oh, it's damn interference! This is WOR New York. You stay tuned for Lester Smith with the news.